0: I've got a question for you: What do you love to do? For some of you, this question's going to be as easy as breathing. For others, though, it might take a minute. Hello lovely people, it's Shara Carruthers here and you are listening to the Live Like You Love Yourself podcast with myself and Maria Kirsten and I'm so happy to have you right back here with us to dive into the juicy inquiry that's at the center of living a life that nourishes you. Because really, like where would we be without inquiry, self-inquiry? Yoga tells us that it's one of the most critical aspects of the practice, svadhyaya, And so what does your practice of self-inquiry look like? Is it intentional or accidental? Is it consistent or intermittent? You know, I often talk about when I was in yoga teacher training, one of my teachers invited us to live in the question. And at the time, I remember thinking, what question? And, and, And how can we live in it? But with some years under my belt and some introspection, I've come to the point of recognizing that life is full of questions, isn't it? How do you feel? Where are you going? What are you thinking? Who are you? What are you wearing? Why? What matters most to you? When will we get there? When will I get there? What's happening? What's next? Who am I? Why am I here? And in fact, when you think about it, life is a question. And so much of the discomfort that we feel comes from not knowing the answers, doesn't it? The prospect of being uncertain without definitive answers scares some of us. It scares all of us. But what if we could let go of the need for answers and just live? What if we could could let the experiences of life wash over us, trusting that whatever we need to do or be or know will show up inside or outside of us in some form that we likely didn't expect? What if the only answer was to lean into our ability to feel and trust the rest to take care of itself. Well, this my friends is a practice that our guest today seems to be embracing wholeheartedly as someone who's faced mortality and financial ruin and the undoing of the very foundations that she built in answer to those questions that society conditions us to ask ourselves. She's experienced success at the highest levels and devastation at the lowest levels. And even now, she exists in that liminal space between the two, as we all do. So I met Fleur Marx at the opening of her lovely new shop, The Well Being Store in Byron Bay, and I was blown away by her harrowing and beautiful story of illness and healing, love, sacrifice, and surrender which ultimately came down to asking herself a single, simple question. What do you love to do? And she's very much living her answer. And so Maria and I are really excited to share this juicy and heartfelt and honest conversation that we had with Fleur Marks of Byron Bay's The Wellbeing Store. Enjoy. Enjoy. Well, welcome ladies <laughs> it's 2021 i think i remember in 2016 or 15 thinking this is like a science fiction movie time like this you know this year is like one of those ones that you can remember from when you were a kid like maybe in the 80s or the or the 90s maybe um, thinking ooh once we start getting into the 20 something it's like you're living in some craziness and here we are 2021 how are you how, how are you feeling Flora? let's let's start let's start with you tell us how you feeling I'm
1: feeling I'm feeling pretty excited about 2021 yeah. uh, I feel really grounded and clear on what I want this year to be mm. so far a couple of weeks and it's not quite shaping up that way yet <laughs> so I know I've got to do a bit of work and a bit of communication with others around what my year is going to look like but and get mm. a bit more of my plan together but now I feel really clear and grounded and sort of the confidence of knowing where I want to go this year. So that's always mm. a good feeling.
0: That's a great way to start the year. Maria, what's happening for you? I know we. this is our first, Floor, you, you're yeah. not aware of this, but this is actually our first conversation that we're having oh. um, live or whatever, or sharing um, in 2021. So, Maria, what's happening for you?
2: Well, I'm in that sort of post surgical blur, that blur of that. Um, steady recovery so um yeah it's just i take each day as it comes and get a little better every day and then yeah and the future is this kind of wide open seesaw that can tip either way so it's it's kind of um i'm using my yoga a lot watching my mind a lot and but i'm very peaceful so i have the same thing flora i feel really i feel really calm and really present and wonderful to have had the opportunity to just let everything go so Mm -hmm. all engagements except for like a bit of podcasting which i want to do is there so i have lots of free time and um so that's that's sort of where it is it's it's weird but it's it's fine
0: yeah yeah Yeah, so normally we are we talk to folks who have something to do with the yoga world and honestly I actually don't know if you have anything to do with the yoga world but what I do know is that I was at your the opening of your gorgeous shop which I would really want to talk more about um, in I think it was in December I think or maybe yeah in December Mm -hmm. and I didn't uh, when I got the invitation to come I didn't really have any sense for what was going to happen. Like, I just kind of thought, Oh, well, show up, this will be beautiful. There'll be these lovely little things. And I think there was the invite had like, there will be healthy nibbles and also all sorts of stuff. And I show up and there's all these beautiful women and we're all mulling around this gorgeous space. And then you start diving into your story about where Mm -hmm. you've come from and what um, perhaps what motivated the opening of this shop. And I have to tell you, like, it just like, turned everything around for me. Like, it was like, at one point, I thought, I I just I don't know, I, I didn't. Yeah, it just turned it all around. Your story is so amazing. And so I thought, my God, we have to share this woman and what she's doing. And, you know, and as much as she's comfortable about talking about like what she's been through, because I don't you don't run into things that inspiring very often. And so can you just talk to us just start from the start from wherever you want to start from and tell us about why you're here why you're here not not on this planet but but why you how you showed up go as far back as you like and tell us how you ended up you're not far away from where we are you're in Byron Bay yeah and how you ended up here well I about 10
1: years ago I got diagnosed with um a really scary autoimmune disease. I, at the time, uh, before I knew I was actually sick, I was the stereotypical superwoman trying to juggle it all, have the successful career, which I was having. I had two kids, wonderful relationships, traveling, doing, you know, success, you know, on the outside, kind of living the dream. Probably everyone would have observed and gone, oh, she's having a pretty amazing life. And inside, I wasn't terribly happy, if I'm truthful. Mm. On the outside, it all looked pretty fabulous. But inside, I was a little bit empty and exhausted. And what I didn't know was that I was actually really, really sick. And my body was shouting at me. And I chose to ignore all the signs because I was too busy. And I was suffering from what I call the disease of perfectionism. Mm. And trying to do it all and have it all kind of, I guess, as my sort of mojo. And this disease 10 years ago sat me on my bottom and uh, came probably, I think I'd had those signs for some years and had really consciously chosen to not hear them. And so my body and my mind went aligned and I had to step out of my successful career and fight for my life. Um, I had Mm. was either going to be... tuberculosis, uh, lymphoma, or another disease called sarcoidosis, which is a real autoimmune, which is what it ended up being, which is non-curable and no, no known cause. And so <laughs> I kind of went through, stepped out of work life and had two years of, I guess, uh, 23 rounds of chemo and assault of medicine, of steroids particularly, um, and had to battle for my life. I couldn't breathe, I was coughing blood. I had it in my lungs quite severely Mm. and was sort of didn't think I was going to make it at that point and I lost everything we were unprepared I was our business model our family business model was I was the main income earner Mm. and my husband was the at-home dad and we decided consciously that we'd follow my career my husband's a bit more of a plotter and likes to kind of you know get along but not you know if he can just be he'd be happier doing that than working crazy hard Mm. so I um Our model was flawed when I got sick. We were unprepared, highly geared. And uh, because we weren't sure when I'd get better, we basically lost everything that I'd worked for. And it was pretty humbling at that point to go from um, thinking you have it all to having nothing and to then really all I wanted was my health um, because I just wanted to be in a well body again. And so I fought pretty hard. And we had to kind of walk away from everything we owned. My marriage broke um, Mm. as it often does under times like this where something happens out of your control. Mm. Um, and, And I kind of had to fight to be here. I had two little babies and I had to really stay on this planet to take care of them. And so my will to live was pretty strong. Um, I got a little bit better and then I got sick again uh, and my disease spread to my brain about five years ago, which is normally that stage four um, inoperable uh, granulomas through my brain um, and lining of my brain. So I had a couple of strokes um, and had to step out again of trying to keep a roof over my head, but had to go, hang on a minute. Am I living the life I really want still knowing that Mm. this is happening? My body was still shouting and I wasn't in alignment. So I, it was probably about this point I made a very conscious decision knowing that for me, I was here for a good time in a long time and that I'd failed pretty much all of my treatment. I had to go through another six rounds of chemo just to get my brain under control. And so it was about at that point that I started to design the life that I really wanted. And that's where I started to think about, hang on a minute, How can I help others understand how important it is to have a well body? And I observed that many of us take our health for granted, but also ignore the signs and the nature of being busy and trying to strive for whatever we think success was. Yet, And me, I went, wow, success to me would just to be in a well body. Mm. Um, and so I kind of redefined my life and uh, actually chose the industry, stayed in the industry I was in and uh, actually luckily I had a CEO who trusted me and I said to him how about we take care of our people rather than burn them out and it was an it's an industry where pretty much women tend to leave around their mid-30s because it's just too hard to do both, have a, have mm. a family or try and do the juggle and so uh, he was kind enough to let me uh, repurpose from being a senior leader to actually creating some wellbeing programs across about 80 companies in the communications industry. And um, so I got to help leaders really take care of themselves first in order to lead others and also set up a big program with like 63, I think it was 83 actually, wellbeing ambassadors and then also just really had a full program with thousands, about five and a half thousand people um, who got to understand how do you actually take care of yourself in a high performing role and meet the demands of, of life and the pressure of all of life. And how do I still honor my body and, but also show up as me and take care of me along the way and find a sustainable path where my well being stays in check. So that's that I did for the last couple of years. And whilst I was doing that, I managed to get a little bit of breast cancer And so I was like, okay, this is another kind of hit, you know, (laughs) pretty resilient. But boy, that hit me a little hard. Uh, I'd done everything I could to take care of my well-being. I have really good practices, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. And yeah, uh, but it was a bit of an assault when that happened. Um, And I was kind of lying. I was going through radiation treatment and all that. And I decided actually through what I was learning from a lot of the people we were helping in the corporate world, was that I really wanted to take my, I guess, impact, knowing that my time here is not long, knowing that there's gonna be a moment where my brain will go and I'll have another stroke and I won't be able to work. I wanted, and I could just see, um, you know, you just see the mental health stats, you see the, all of the wellbeing stats and health stats, you know, out there and that, you know, just observing that I need to help people make little shifts. And so for me, I really wanted to create a bigger impact So it helped five and a half thousand people. I want to take it to 50,000. And while I was lying there, I was kind of thinking about how can we, I got a lot of flowers when I was sick. I could have set up, I don't know, let's say 10 florists. (laughs) And none of them really helped me. And particularly during breast cancer, I got lots of flowers, but nothing really useful for me to navigate that particular cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I went, hang on a minute, surely we could give people either gifts that actually help support them during ill health. Um, or people who are kind of at that crossroad before they get sick, so they don't wait till they get sick mm-hmm. and give them like little kits to get started on their well being and and using all of the, the, the things that really worked for me were actually quite small things and daily mm-hmm. rituals and little shifts. Um, and so I thought, well, why don't I create some kits that get you started? So whether it's sleep, whether it's um, mindfulness, whether it's dealing with breast cancer, whatever, or just being sick. How do I stay in a mental, positive mental state? And so that's where the idea for the well-being store came.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, but being me, I wanted everything to be beautiful because I have a very snobby design aesthetic <laughs> and come from the comms industry. I like it's pretty. So, and because it is my legacy, right? This is the thing, the lasting thing. And also consciously, I know I needed to create a business that didn't rely on me being the product
0: because that's mm-hmm. what my whole
1: career has been where I'm the one at the front of the room mm-hmm. or training people or leading the way. And I actually, when I went down and I, I do go down constantly cause I'm not well, um, rather than having, I constantly had to show up at work on my days where I was probably at my worst and to have permission to get space to go. It's okay. I'm still earning revenue or making something out. I don't have to, I'm, it's not all going to, I'm not going to lose everything if I get sick again. And so mm. It's pretty early days, but you know, we're certainly nowhere near that stage yet. But it was really with that consciousness knowing that there'll be a point where I'm not here and I need to take care of my family. And um, so there's a lasting kind of legacy and also purpose for them that they're proud of too. So that's how I ended up kind of creating and I wanted to anchor into following my love and passion for Byron Bay and living in the place that's really healing and supportive for someone like me and my business, but also just being near the sea. And I don't know, there's something very special here about Mm. the space. And so I made the brave move during COVID to relocate and go, Mm. why not? I left corporate life. Why not live Mm. in Byron? Why not follow my dream? This is my last year. I'm gonna live my best one. And so that's how I ended up in Byron and can't believe I've kind of realized part of my dream to actually see it come to fruition a lot of hard work lot harder than I thought to get there but it's actually here now
2: yeah.
1: so mm-hmm. um and I've had the National Breast Cancer Foundation come on board to support me yeah. um and things like that and I want to help still with the sick part helping um people who really find themselves in you know difficult situations you know um and need the tools actually to navigate it because it's it takes a while I've been lucky to be sick for 10 years to work wow. out a system and a process and how to get through the denial phase and then figure out how am I going to be well as I can be. And mm-hmm. um, I know you can't see me, but I'm probably the wellest looking sick person you meet or chronically ill person. That's for sure. You know, because everything I do every day is to stay here and to be as well as I can be despite my body, yeah. um, you know, not being able to get itself better. Does that
0: wow. answer your oh goodness, oh, Well, I'm there's a million being...
2: questions yeah, that come out of it, but
0: yeah. yeah, I'm just totally enthralled by that. And like just a lot, just everything along the whole path. The first thing that that's coming to me is... um I think about you talked about at the you talked about earlier about how you your body was kind of giving you signals and mm-hmm. and you just what you just weren't listening and having for you now having become a person who's a mentor or who's coaching other folks who are perhaps in the similar situation. I wonder what is your experience or what are your thoughts about why we don't. Tune in why we don't pay attention, why we don't pay attention is it fear is it. Is it is it something outside of us that keeps us from, perhaps even, noticing or taking the action that we deep down maybe know we should? I think it's I think it's a lot of things depending on who the person is,
1: but and and a lot of it's being present to <laughs> all of your brains, right? Your mm-hmm. head, your heart, and your gut brain, and being in the light and listening to them. Often we spend so much time in our head that we forget to check in with our heart. Mm. Um, or we forget to make space for ourselves because we get caught in the busyness of life and the demands of all of the roles that we play now and also I think our little inner critic you know for me I, I don't know I have about 12 different kind of inner critics that sit within me <laughs> yeah. I feel like that could be an underestimation it could be even more but those voices that sit in our head that push us and drive us for me my one I'm going to mention is Penny the Pusher. She <laughs> is really critical um, and pushes me to be good enough all mm. the time, to keep, str- you, you know, go harder, go faster, You not, not enough, keep going, You're like push through, push through. And so I think we've got these inner critics that sit in us and that really don't serve us um, mm. to or allow us to have space to actually go, actually, what, what do I really want? What do I really want? Mm. I'm busy serving all these other people, doing all these roles, caught up in what I think success is. And I guess that's the other bit is that our definition of success is often in the do, and not really. It's a bit of a flawed. Often it's an external definition of success, so it's Mm. kind of a flawed success model that you end up feeling. Often people I get in the coaching room with me, um, they'll, they'll often be quite empty or just exhausted from Mm. trying to keep it all up and so for me my job is to wake them up Mm. and to let them know that they have this incredible body that serves them every day and you only get one Mm. and it's the only place you have to live and if you don't take care of it it will shout and sometimes I have clients whose bodies are shouting just like mine and I kind of have to let them experience finding space in order to find that, that you know, hear it for themselves rather than me tell them, hey, I can see this is happening, but just to actually get them to find or experience a different way and feel confident that the world's not going to fall over if they, if they take care of themselves and pause and have a rest. Mm-hmm. Even during COVID, getting people to take a lunch break because they're on screens all mm-hmm. day. I'm like, you couldn't be closer to your fridge than ever before. Take a mm-hmm. break, you know, just take mm-hmm. a break, rest, pause. So it's just, I don't know, does that sort of answer the question?
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the themes that I'm seeing, just in hearing your story, and we're we talk about here and there as we talk to different people, um, is this idea of courage. Mm. Because, you know, you you talk a little bit about how, um, you know, we've got this kind of kind of strange or warped sense of success, and we're pushing ourselves. And yet, it feels like, breaking out of that pattern it's it's hard (laughs) it requires something as it does it requires something of us and I just I wonder you know for you I mean for you I, I suppose you didn't have your options were a little bit more limited but what did that feel like for you kind of you know finding the courage because honestly like you can just as easily say eh I'm just gonna you know I'm sick, I'm just gonna leave it, but you you talked over and over again about how you were fighting, and I just wonder, like what what could what what did it take to to find that within yourself?
1: I think I, I mean, I was in denial, let's say the first five years of being sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so it did take me a while to kind of wake up to myself a little mm. bit. um, but when the diagnosis was, you're in the never get better kind, get ready, prepare yourself you know, you may have the year kind of stuff. I went, oh, hang on a minute. Um, I think Mm -hmm. I got given permission to go, well, if this is it. Am I really living my best life? Really? And I stopped work for five months at that time. I had to go through treatment, Mm -hmm. but I sat there every day going, okay, so if this is it, what do I really want? And I actually drew blanks because I'd never really given myself permission (laughs) to even think about what that might really look like other than what I'd put in my head as my beliefs and what I thought others wanted of me and I'd never really allowed it and so it took me a while to kind of figure out well what does that really look like for me and it was more in the you know I love Daniel Laporte for this reason is that it was more about how do you want to be and how do you want to feel Mm. and it got me away from this ambitious drive inside of me around this the ticking off this sort of ambition stuff to go actually how do I want to be um and and what really matters to me in my life even allowing myself permission to kind of put myself first to put my family first to not serve others I was a giver so I gave out everything to everyone else and forgot you know I was always the last one on the list and to actually go and actually hang on a minute I need to take care of me so I can give to others so I can take care of my family so I can you know I've got to do that first and so I think it was you know, really permission, um, allowing myself to really go, okay, you can do this. It's okay. Now you've got, you know, despite my diagnosis, I think it was more the, the courage to step into allowing myself to have what I truly wanted mm-hmm. and really listening to what that looked like. And um, yeah, it's been pretty amazing mm-hmm. since I allowed myself that. In fact, you know, I just kind of I kind of went around this whole thing around conscious joy. What brings me conscious joy? And really just using that as my guide for that five months. What really bring, what do I really want and what brings me joy? Because I've forgotten. I hadn't really, I'd been in such a fight that I hadn't really lived. I'd been surviving, you know, I'd just sort of been battling away and not really enjoying my life. And so stepping into that was pretty powerful. And then the other part for me was really around acceptance radical acceptance that this is where I wasn't going to get better and but also more so around accepting me and all of who I am my magnificent imperfections (laughs) and the fact that I would always be crazy little me pushing a little hard you know loving fashion doing the things that I do a lot of people going please just lie down and have a rest I'm like that's just not who I am and I stepped into that and when I'm not going to change I'm going to actually own all of me whilst I am living this wonderful life why would I be any different so I just kind of own my my worth and my that I was enough and that I was awesome the way I was so I just kind of that just gave me more permission to really step into it and live and live fully
2: was there was there a process for you to do that like was uh, did you do a physical thing with yourself did you do a, a daily meditation was there some kind of lots of things process um, yeah. mind,
1: meditation mindfulness um, I was often in pain so it was hard to kind of had to leave had to leave my body in order to hear myself sometimes um, right. daily little rituals yeah um, mm little disciplines uh, you know just literally journaling what do I really 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 want and figuring and just letting whatever came up come up and not overthink it um I think using food as an energy source um allowed me to feel well in my body like gave me a bit of strength Um, I think just reading read I love you know gifts of imperfection was the first one I read around Mm. you know really stepping into um, living a wholehearted life so that was my first kind of exposure I had an I have an incredible psychologist who supported me throughout my entire journey Um, and her she just really for three years we worked on self-love self-compassion and self-kindness and, and, and how to really become my own best friend in suffering. Mm. Um, and so that, that was kind of like a really important practice for me was really doing the, the mental, you know, the positive psychology work around that, mm. around how to, how to love me and how to really be kind to me and how to allow me to kind of be me. And so that, that, you know, and how to, how to really sit with suffering and how to soothe myself and that all the struggle that sat within that so it was just a multitude of things um and i also love this that i've kind of worked with the all the senses smell taste i drank a lot of tea mm.
2: you
1: know i love smell you had this beautiful heart oil that's in the shop that i just rubbed on my heart every day all sorts of just little ritual things that i kind of bought in i didn't have a lot of money so i just kind of did little things um hanging out with mother nature every day and asking for her support mm. and just trusting that she was going to carry me and hold me and just all of that kind of sort of a little bit woo-woo stuff but for me coming from corporate that was pretty woo-woo right but I just really let go and surrendered um, myself to trusting that what was meant to be and 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 but also kind of you know positively
0: willing to be here at the same time does that sort of answer that question? Yeah. yeah yeah no no yeah yeah what I'm hearing and, and, and loving that you're bringing up is this idea of asking yourself what you want. And I think it feels like the world tells us that, well, you should know what you want. Like everybody, you know, you should know. And, and yet I've had that same situation where you ask yourself what you want and it's just blank. There's nothing. And yet (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever the answer to that question is, whether you're able to get your finger on it or not, it runs everything that you do. Yeah. And so our ability to to answer that question, it feels like it so comes down to exactly what you were saying, asking for permission, have is that a question that you're still asking yourself every day or in every moment in some way? And if so, like, what is that process of asking it? Like, is there like a, are you, is the heart sort of flung wide open now about it or is there, is there still hesitation? Uh, you know, Penny the pusher,
1: <laughs> my critic still alive and well as yeah. are my others. Um, so I, I use a technique that's Christian Neff based that allows oh. me to access it very fast. Mm-hmm. And I use it also on my clients and that's, just put my hand on my heart and I go I'm here and I'm listening or I love you and I'm listening and with my eyes closed obviously I take some breaths get into meditation but just even if I'm in the bathroom and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I just can't find it all but I'm sort of lost me I just kind of even that before I'm you know out working with people or whatever it's a fast track get me to my true self and normally something will come up with what I need or what's really important in this moment, whatever I need to hear will come. And, Mm. um, and just giving that practice of, and, and, you know, making sure it's my wise mind that comes up and it guides me. So that for me is my fast track kind of, if I just do that, I'm I'm actually in my true self pretty much straight away. So that's a connective thing. Mm. Um, Love that. Yeah. And I have a morning kind of ritual, like most of us, you know, I do, I follow morning savers, which is all around miracle morning savers. I think it's called. And mm-hmm. so I always make space to reflect, um, always practice gratitude. Um, but I, but I'm, I am, oh, you know, I constantly have to reset, you know, I, I I'm not, I, I'm by no means perfect at this. I am, life happens and things trigger you and mm. you find yourself back where you shouldn't be and mm. or you lose your, you lose that anchor and so um you know I've had to really learn how to reset and when you and to know my signs when I wobble out when I kind of start to digress from what matters because I do get swept up and mm. stuff and I do you know I still feel what others feel and so I'll get you know into that and then I'll lose me again because I'm a giver I'm a natural giver natural pleaser and so I have to kind of keep going back anchoring back and having a support system of people around me who can know hey there she goes off she is you know working 24 7 again you know Um, and you know I'm very blessed that I've got some wise souls around me Uh, my daughter being one my husband Mm. being another my counsellor my coach um, and my friends who all know me so well that very few, but very close and they, everyone will call it out. They'll go, ha ha, here we go. <laughs> all back. And so I just have to keep disciplining myself to anchor back into it and just mm-hmm. to find space to do it. Um, does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking, you know, like I often think being human is a practice And, and yet somehow we think, well, we're just popped into this world, we should just be able to, you know, we should just be able to get through it somehow. And what I love so much about what you've just talked about is um, that even in the midst of something that's so incredibly challenging, something that's, that is so sobering, something that you think, well, if you're going to change your habits, now's it like, this is the thing that's going to make you change it. There's still that core of who you are. There's yeah. that core of who you, your true nature, in there that that still needs you know somebody to push you a little bit, or still needs to somebody to remind you that you know you these are your tendencies, and so I think that's such an incredibly powerful um, message to everyone out there who, you know, who thinks that they can do it alone. Who thinks that they can, do you know what I mean? That they can overcome whatever challenges they're dealing or get to wherever it is they want to be in their life just by, you know, just by kind of plodding along on their own. I feel like we, I feel like what you've pointed to is that we all need not just to to try to understand ourselves a little better, but we need support in many different forms. Learning how to ask for help was my first,
1: hardest lesson when I got sick was actually to... Because I've always felt, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. And, you know, and so actually going to people, I'm struggling, I need some help, or I'm having an off day, I I actually need someone to help with the dinner, or uh, just little gestures of help. And, um, you know, and and letting, but actually, when you ask for help, the other thing I had to learn was actually letting people help you, fully (laughs) capable human being. And you're not you're used to being independent and fiercely independent and strong and powerful and all the good words that when you ask for help is very vulnerable Mm. and then when someone gives it to you it is quite uh, a weird feeling that you're not used to it It feels a bit clunky and it feels a bit like you feel a little bit like oh wow someone's helped me can i trust that Mm. i was not i had not had i found the kindness of strangers incredibly powerful when I got sick I had a little blue esky bin outside my front door and the power of uh, the community is that somebody made sure this beautiful woman made sure that every night my esky bin was filled with a gesture of kindness whether it was a meal Mm. and magazines and flowers and note, whatever it was like this magic blue box outside our house and I had never met these people in my life and that act of kindness just gave me strength and I and I had to ask for help because I said I can't actually stand up to cook the dinner for my children. Can someone help me with the? I said, "What can we do to help?" And I was like, oh, "I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine." You know, and then once I asked for help, I then had to get really specific because we end up getting a lot of lasagna, and I don't eat meat. Right. So, and my whole family's only gain weight. So I had to be really specific and go, "Actually, this is what I need to eat." Yeah. Like, so I had to be really clear, and I felt really guilty about that. And then everyone went, "Oh, good. Now we know what you need." And then mm. everyone rallied around to help. So it's just that kind of, it's really asking for help is quite a vulnerable thing to do, actually.
2: I, I have found the same recently. I've had a. I've had an incredible outpouring of, of giving it. And it, uh, it makes me, you can hear me choking up. I, I'm getting of it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> because it's it just, it is truly really vulnerable, but it also yeah. is so loving. I mean, mm. I'm, no. I cry because it's just, yeah. so moving how beautiful people
0: are you just oh. can't believe it
1: oh, yeah you're making me Terry now <laughs> oh I know <laughs> Get a you, bit, woo, uh, here
0: we go um yeah, and, sorry and, and <laughs> you no know, it's the little it's
1: things that keep you going right it's uh, and for me strangers like that was yeah. we we were here without a real support network um and so that was
2: that's amazing know,
1: just blew my mind like for a year it wasn't just a week or three and they have continued that when I go down there's a support crew everyone goes right okay flows out we need to help her let's get organized and um you know and I can now say this is what I need
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um and so yesterday I was having an off day and I had to do some workshops and someone said oh can I help you today I started really love do you mind making bringing me lunch because I'm not gonna have time to stop properly and she was like sure and so it's just getting really comfortable with being vulnerable and not and not able sometimes to do everything. And mm. so um, that
0: helped. That really helped me um, surrendering a bit. Has there been anything, in, I mean, the fact that you've had to, to ask for help and get yourself around that is one thing, but have you found that there's been any other... Um, trick for lack of a better word trick to to just Uh, getting to get to to becoming more comfortable with asking for help uh I
1: think letting go of shame yeah you know I had to I had to rock up to St. Vincent's to Paul and I couldn't afford petrol at one point you know we were homeless at one point uh you know gone I had fancy suits and you know it went to I actually, can't keep a roof over my head, and I don't have enough petrol to actually get to my job. And I was showing up as a high-flying executive, like shame, right? Huge shame, and no one would have known uh, at work what was going on that I couldn't actually get, hadn't have enough petrol to get home. Um, so for me, I had to let go of shame and find humanity and the connection and humanity, and that's where I kind of became started being vulnerable and that's when I realized that other people when I was vulnerable other people were vulnerable with me and I wasn't I realized that we were all human and our humanness is what makes us feel less ashamed and less alone and letting go of my judgment on myself about that this was a situation I hadn't chosen and um and I you know I still struggle with it a little bit um you know that shame piece um and so it's just really, you know, anchoring into being human mm. and going, you know, I'm just human doing, someone said to me, um, you know, you're doing your, your imperfectly best, you know, imperfect best. And that's all I am. I'm just completely, imper- you know, or I'm a magnificent work in progress. I'm just constantly having to re. Uh, align my expectations of myself to allow others to come in and support me and not be ashamed of that reality like even admitting that I couldn't you know put a roof over my head was pretty huge Um,
0: Mm. and
1: it's amazing how much suffering is actually going on out there that's silent
0: and Mm. by being
1: open with my story or being open with my uh, shame um, has allowed others to come forward and go I'm struggling and Mm. and and that you're human too right so we're all human and it's just that just allowed me to feel not as alone in my suffering
2: mm.
1: does that make sense to you yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm, not deep here. I'm not sure how.
2: no, no I, think, I think i think when people are too beautiful. slick and fabulous we're just like oh they're amazing you know and you you yeah. and and always that's a veneer but <laughs> yeah Um, And I
1: trip myself into that a lot too, still. mm. I still will I still will fall into that. And I forget sometimes to sit in that emotion and to really be sad Mm.
2: that I'm not gonna
1: be here and really be okay with being sad and be okay with the grief that I can't couldn't be the person I wanted to be in my life, that I've had to pivot and then own the new fleur and you know, I had to let go of the fleur. From before, in order to become the flair I am now, right? And so, um, but we're talking about myself as a third person, but you know what I mean? It's just yeah. that I think um, yeah, there's no really fast hack, but I think positivity and gratitude, it seems so cliche, doesn't it? But, it's, but finding gratitude in the little things or finding little moments of glimmer. Um, and, you know, some days I go, oh, I'm really grateful. i just got my ears, you know, like that nothing else is going well, out, but my ears are really good. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> just, just finding little moments of, of joy in, in what was pretty horrendous. And, um, and even when I got the cancer thing, I think um, the cancer thing, I can blank that I even hit it. Um, I think it was for me during that process, I kind of convinced myself that I was really good at being sick so I could navigate there's no worries mm-hmm. and then I kind of lost sight of the impact on my on my um, mental health and so mm-hmm. I had to reset again because I actually found post when I got better and I'm fully recovered from breast cancer um, three years out now and but, I, but I, my mental health went through a big dive and I had to really reset. And the only way I could do that was through finding the little bits of joy in every day. And just each day, often I'd take it an hour at a time, a day at a time, and I'd just hot, keep on breathing and using <laughs> my breath because the only thing I can control really ultimately in my life. Mm. And, um, and just day, moment, hour, sometimes, hour by hour for the day and that's that's okay just to take it that way and then eventually things lift and things eventually change and the brightness starts to come back in right so Mm.
0: it's just a it's just little mini practices really. Mm. I think that's a really powerful message especially right now people um, you know with all this COVID stuff and uh, and the fact that we're kind of day-to-day plotting through it in many ways I think a lot of people I feel it for myself to be honest as somebody who talks about wellness and teaches yoga and talks about these things all the time I there are days when I wake up and I go whoa what what has hit you what has hit you yeah. where you just we we pull ourselves or push ourselves through um, and without really becoming all that present to what to the impacts of the experience that we're having until we end up feeling depressed or yeah. we end up, we end up waking up one day, realizing I'm not, my mental health has definitely taken a dive here. And yeah. so just sharing some of these, you know, what you all this, this stuff that you're talking about, you know, be, this idea of becoming um, aware and then using these little practices to, I guess to offset whatever's whatever it is you're challenged with, because we're all challenged with something. Yeah. Um, whatever it is you're challenged with, kind of by feeling your way through it and then being willing to um, to take a little bit of action. I think that's I think- like the twenty the message of twenty twenty one in my mind.
1: Yeah, and I think also for me, like last year, I during COVID, I lost my sense of play because mm. I was all kind of trying to create something. I got you know really wanted to get the soft ground and and I. Um, I think it's really important to remember what you love to do sometimes Mm -hmm. like the things that really bring that you really enjoy that you know and i I, um used to love riding a bike and Mm -hmm. when i moved to Byron, i decided i was going to ride a bike because i hadn't ridden a bike since i was like eight and so i just bought a bike because it felt really playful and fun and you know and so I just got on a bike and and, and or oh, I love reading and so I went back to my practice of reading a book indulgently for the first mm-hmm. half hour of every morning mm-hmm. um so just like fueling you know fuel feed, putting putting something back into your tank fueling it back up because mm-hmm. the underlying pressure of COVID we're holding we're holding sp- and I know for me holding space as you would be is kind of like we're holding it for others you know and mm-hmm. I found I was sort of letting my tank empty out pretty quickly beholding for others and so it's just remember to consciously doing stuff you love that mm. feels a little bit playful but fun and a bit kind of creative or and I don't know it just brings you joy really and mm. so it's the little stuff like that that really uh got me back on track last year with COVID when I was really giving out to everyone again yeah. um you know and and, and, and the underlying holding it sitting within all of us right now it's really there that we're all not almost not holding our breath but we're holding something there's mm. sort of there's something sitting within us that we feel limited or um you know it's sort of like a little fog that's around us a little bit i guess um, mm. for Me, i'm talking about for me but I, i've said in the coaching room as well
2: mm. um mm. this this and a fear i think there's yeah. lots of, of fear I, there's there's a this uncertainty yeah yeah
1: and I was worried that everyone was going to go through the Christmas break and go, oh, well, you know, next year it's all going to be back, you know, I'm going to be able to blah, 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 or whatever. And I was like, it's, mm. this is a continuation and adjusting to this new norm for us. It's really important that we find a new way and finding conscious joy in the little things. And mm. um, it's it's going to be little stuff that's going to keep us on track now rather than the big holiday away or the the big adventures or, yeah. So it's just... It, it, it's 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 yeah really just finding simple stuff that's gonna really help right now I think it's most important mm.
2: so you, oh, ahead, oh no, no uh, well I don't it might not be the right time but I'm so interested in what you're selling in your shop yeah because oh, really? <laughs> well yeah. because I have also been the recipient of, of lots and lots of very kind gifts and some were great and some were no just okay not as great but not as great and um one woman my dropped brownies off... were
0: great weren't they yeah okay. they were fantastic
2: <laughs> one woman dropped off this amazing um package with like vitamin e oil and some dal it was just this package that had been put together with so much care a little bit of fruit mm-hmm. a bit of I-, I was like wow i wish i had thought of that <laughs> for anything it was <laughs> it was incredible and uh and i thought that's i need to write all this stuff down so i remember yeah. it if i need to if i need to do that with someone else you know it was just um and the other things were great but this was particularly like so well thought out and so considered from what my situation needed sorry I'm moving around a little bit but that's, right. that's just my um, so, situation so normally, oh,
1: depending on the situation so for example I've had to I'm just in the process of creating a new uh well-being at the moment for grief there's a lot of yeah. um mm. things so I've just sort of I've had a couple people go oh, can you please do a grief one Mm. Um, and so there'll be a tool. Um so something that will either help them in, in the case of grief, there's actually two books that I'm looking at, one that's really heartfelt grief and one that's more around how to cope with grief. So mm. more of a how to and one that's actually really connecting with someone's grief story. Um mm. and so again in the cancer one, it's really uh the breast cancer one is is um actually how how to navigate breast cancer um so it's a really good helpful deep amazing one and there's another one that's more about all the different notes and stories of other women who have gone through that journey so you can connect and feel that Mm. that humanness and that connection that you're not alone feeling what you're feeling with all your various stuff that's going on um and then
2: because that is the central feeling is that you're alone when you're sick or in pain yep uh you you feel incredibly isolated and very very alone and so knowing that they'll cry again, but when yeah. other people tell their story, you're like, yes, there's a support group. you know. And
1: and yeah. that my feelings are normal. Yeah. And I'm, mm. and I'm okay. I'm not, I've not lost it. You know, like, okay. it. and, um, and then there's some practical stuff around, like for the breast cancer one, Um, I got given the world's ugliest bra. And I, I, so I've sort of partnered with our local Bimbi and Roy and they're really beautiful, comfy bras um, that are really nice and you feel pretty in them. Mm. Um, proper boob oil that you love smelling or scar serum, which actually will help you heal from treatments. Mm. Um, and, you know, things like, seems quite simple, but a heat wrap because you're often got pain somewhere mm. or going through chemo. Um, you know, for me, my feet uh, were constantly cold. So having a heat wrap where you can pop them on your feet um, and then kind of, you know, sort of more energizing things, sometimes depending if it's a sickness or if it's safe for grief, it, it's more something that's a bit more uh, of a hug, you know, a bit mm. more pampery. So whether it's, um, you know, uh, something beautiful like the hard oil, which you can rub on when you're feeling a bit blue or just need a little bit of strength um, or it could be, you know, chocolates or face masks or, you know, sparkly body bath glitter or, you know, just to give you a little bit of a lift. Mm. Uh, but I do a lot of self-love, like there's my self-love perfumers have been really popular for those or connection um, ones that, and I've got a healing one as well. That's really beautiful. Um, so I could smell again when you're sick, smell, uh, smell and taste. So I always have a tea, but cause you often have a metallic uh, mm. taste in your mouth and, um, and just sort of kind of, you know, with the grief, but like it's more like, you know, there's a how-to, there's kind of something nice, and then there's something that's really going to help you get started. So uh, with the sleep kit, so, you know, 43% of Australians are not having a good night's sleep, I believe, according mm-hmm. to Australian statistics. Um, so that's like everything I learned because I've been on high dose steroids for ten years, which actually impacts your sleep. It
2: certainly
1: mm-hmm. does. So I have like sleep meditation book, I have air plugs. I have sleep tea, I have you know all the things, eye masks, all the things that I personally have used, mm-hmm. um, and a book on how to actually learn how to sleep. Um, cool. So uh, those sort it's kind of really practical. Does that yeah. answer your question? It's kind of, mm-hmm. and then there's some fun ones because we can't all be too you know, gonna have a little bit of fun in it. Um, and yeah i think the the breast cancer one and the cancer one i consulted with doctors and nurses to figure out what was going to be most useful and what they most felt people needed and then Mm. i did it from my own personal experience and then talking to other uh patients you know as i still my other office is still the hospital once a week so Mm. kind of had the opportunity to research that pretty and watching um positive psychology you know there's definitely a conscious choice with a patient whether you surrender or whether you stay in the I'm going to get the, I'm in a positive state as I endure whatever I've got to go through but mm. so, you know rambling a little bit but do, do no, it's it's fascinating it's so yeah. cool the
2: way you put it together Listen, it's nice. I have like
1: 48 ready I, I still design I've got 48 up my sleeve I still want to get right. going on right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> out there around well-being there's so much
2: yeah did you put together a pain one
1: um i have got one called the ultimate recovery which mm. is around um yeah although i've just got to be a little bit careful with that because of uh risk you know in terms yeah. of recommending this is going to solve your pain but yeah yeah yeah. Pain no pain's tough. yeah yeah oh, yeah it's kind of harder one mm. to do but yeah there is some around recovery mm. or when you get stuck in bed because I've spent, you know, many many
0: weeks stuck in a bit. It was where I created the business from, right? Mm. <laughs> I love that that so much heart and so much love has gone into just this idea, but each of the boxes too. And one of the things I certainly remember from being in the shop was that um and that you've even touched on here is that you're you're pulling pieces from local from your own kind of community yeah. and so there's like this intention within the box about your it's like a little delivery of community as well isn't it
1: yeah and I've, I've um created a, I don't know if I had this when you came in but I have I I've created a little well-being mantra now
0: oh lovely it goes
1: into every box that's sort of the summary of all the quotes that serve me during my journey of well-being so mm. far um just to give you know or like all my greeting cards all have quotes that sort of served me at different points in my well-being journey not just when I was sick but in life um and taking care of myself um so yeah try and bring as much heart as I possibly can Mm. (laughs) um into it because you know otherwise it's just like a bunch of flowers right Mm -hmm. and uh you know got enough of them
0: yeah, I totally, I, for the longest time, like, I love flowers. I like looking at them. I, I do, too. Flowers. My
1: name's Flower. Long- <laughs> yeah. like, I love flowers. My room is surrounded with flowers right now, but I I just really want to help people um, just learn how to take care of themselves, put exactly. themselves clean. So, not yeah. sick, or, sick or not, right?
0: Just in life. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I get, and I, what I... I think about this this idea uh, in yoga. I've been thinking about it a lot lately just because I've been talking about it with people, but this concept of dharma, and I don't know if you've heard of this idea, and it means different things to different people, but what I'm feeling, I'm getting a little chills, what mm. I feel just from hearing your story, just from having this conversation, just from getting a, even that little bit more of a sense of who you are, is that you are just so fully living your Dharma, like, you're just so, so beautifully an expression of who you are, it's almost like you can't even help yourself, you can't even help yourself, (laughs) but like create this amazing stuff and, and, and speak in this way that so I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit like, oh, speaking this way, that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's just, that's just so um, inspiring, and and just want to help people from such a heartfelt place. I love that. I think something that's has struck me in this conversation, and certainly struck me when I was visiting the shop, was um, that there's so many things as human beings that we don't, like the important lessons that we don't learn, because people aren't willing to let their guard down, like you were saying, they're not willing to to be vulnerable or to be courageous because I think it's a choice even courage you know it's something you can easily just say I'm not interested um and so I I part of the reason why I love doing this podcast and having conversations with Maria and having conversations with people like you is that I feel like you're such a beautiful example of that of all the things we really need to learn in our lives and I know you're a mom I'm not going to dive into the whole mom thing but I just think, oh, man, her kids are just getting such a gorgeous look at what's really, like, really important yeah. in life. And I've, as a mom, I've thought so many times, like, there's so many things we can teach them and we can tell them, but, man, what we can show them if we're just willing to, you know? Yeah.
1: And, and I think that the, you know, in my little mantra, my well-being mantra, mantra, there's one quote that my daughter said to me when she was quite young. <laughs> and because I was so worried that... Um, you know, that they, they've they been battling for since my daughter's now 19, my son's now 16, but for 10 years of their life, more, you know, so much of their life has been seeing their mum in pain or in hospital or worrying that I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And um, so I was so worried that they were going to just, you know, not be, uh, I don't know if it was going to really, wasn't their choice either. And my daughter said to me um, at a really Tough moment where I was struggling to um, really take care of myself first. It was really funny because yeah. I had these two kids, and she said to me, Mum, you need to be selfful to be selfless. Mm. And I was like, you are like
2: Buddha, like you <laughs> oh. were amazing. Like, where like I had to write it down.
1: It was so incredible.
0: Yeah. And Ooh. she
1: is still my wise soul right mm. now. She will watch me and guide me and she will bring me yeah. up and she'll go, mom, you know, c- come on, let's just take a break. Or, you know, she just will just, f- she is, she has been given a great gift. She's incredibly mature beyond her years. Mm. Um, and but she also gets how precious this one life is. And so she knows what living fully looks like. Yeah. She knows as a 19 year old young woman, she is so clear on who she is. She is so clear on what her life, how it, she doesn't have any idea what she's going to do with her life. She doesn't have any idea on, you know, she's not conformed by that. She goes, I just want to enjoy my life. And she gets that. I wish I'd been given that gift early on. Um, no. And, but she's done all she's done all the work right so Mm -hmm. but the funny thing about the dharma is that I didn't realize until I honored my purpose Mm -hmm. that it is just I am the happiest inside that I've ever been right Mm -hmm. and I I should be kind of probably you know not as happy because I'm actually probably sicker (laughs) um and i have less you know i uh, um and i but inside of me i am i am so every day i put my feet on on the floor and i can get out of bed and i can be here even to have this conversation Mm. and to just show up and be in in life it's like it's a weird it sounds a bit weird but i wouldn't wish anyone to to go through my journey to realize this but when you honor your purpose and you honor what really matters to you the rest kind of takes care of itself you know mm. it's just amazing how the gifts all come and and things just kind of evolve and you know it's you know it's just sort of happens stuff happens and because you're living in your purpose you're living in what you know you're living your values you're living what matters it's you know yeah, yeah. and i've just you know i i think i've just let go of all that stuff that I thought I needed should could would that so sort of
0: sits around you that you know just like no this is enough this mm. is enough now <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. I swear I think seeing examples like you Fleur just to me it just it reinforces that that is true and so I just can't tell you how happy I am that you're here in Byron Bay, that I okay. just had a chance to go into your shop, your beautiful shop. So I, I, yeah, just, a, I think we're probably good to kind of wrap things up a little. Unless there's is there something else, anything else that you want to share with us? Because I would love to hear, I know you're doing workshops or you're doing something. And yeah. our, although our audience is all over the place, all over sure. the world and all over Australia, I think I just would still love for you to share any of the other stuff that you're doing. Cause I'm sure. certain that people would love to, so i'm doing um, workshop
1: in byron but I'm, i also do you know in my um kind of i still as a coach and as a well-being trainer i still do online zoom stuff as well all the time mm-hmm. so if there's so we're doing um be your own bestie of course mm-hmm. um okay. so trying to give the gifts of that that i have you know self-love self-compassion how to be your own best friend Uh, We're doing ones around how how to work smart, like actually how to prioritize what's important, like actually that discipline. I've designed a whole productivity planner around how to focus on what's important, not what's urgent and get what you want, really get your goals going and done each month and each day, not just at the beginning of the year, like 2021 goal setting. Actually, how do you make that real for the rest of the year? Um, doing workshops like wholehearted living around stuff that we just talked about doing ones around getting your shit together which is like how do you actually get it together when particularly when you're not together um, mm. and how to fast track that and <laughs> yeah, and then I want to do one on uh, balanced boundaries and self-care because boundaries seems to be a really key part or a key trick to actually unlocking that permission piece we we're talking about, having really clear, clear boundaries, mm-hmm. not only does it allow you to have more empathy, but it also allows you to actually uh, make space for what's important. And so, boundaries for me has been a hard one. I'm a constant learner on that one. I'm never going to get that one perfect, but I constantly I, I know how important my boundaries. As soon as I let go of my boundaries, yep, things wobble out. So I know mm-hmm. my boundaries, and so that's you know that 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 balance piece and boundaries piece together is kind of like they work pretty well together um, and yes yeah, so I'm just doing workshops like that but also you can pop in or you can drop me an email and go I've got this well-being challenge or I've got my friends having this or something's happening here I'm experiencing pain or whatever it is and I can go hey let me create something a little bit for you I'm happy to kind of go here's my suggestions mm-hmm. um, I always love to do that for others and go oh mm-hmm. I can solve this I can help you with this um, and and you're I,
0: shipping. You're shipping your bo- your packages all over Australia. Or? Yeah, I
1: can ship yeah. all over Australia, really, and I'm happy to ship internationally as long as I just don't know how to work out all the pricing of shipping. But yeah. someone's happy to pay for their own. I mean, I just pay whatever the shipping costs are. I can let you know. But I'm happy to ship anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. The more people that get these beautiful gifts in their hands, mm. um, the better. Um, and the only the only thing I was going to close with was a little quote that's been a very guiding light for me if you want me to do that please yeah please love it, love it which kind of sums up our I, mean, I was going to read my well-being mantra but i'll get him time i'll probably just um land on this quote which um is you need to be consciously selfish to be sustainably generous
2: mm.
1: you need to be consciously selfish to be sustainably generous and if you're a giver this is for you Mm -hmm. if you're a selfless person who gives out everything to everyone else this is for you if you find that you kind of leave yourself last the trick is in order to be sustainably generous you need to be consciously taking
0: care of yourself first Mm -hmm.
2: beautiful
0: Thank you so much. Thank you again yeah. for sharing time with us. This has been such a brilliant yeah. conversation, yeah. and I look forward to the next time I'm over or where you are, in Byron, to popping in, in and in saying time. hi. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. just thank you for holding the space for me to share my story and oh.
1: seeing your beautiful faces and having you here is just a gift. So, and I think what you're doing is unbelievably amazing. So, thanks. Go you. Likewise. <laughs>
2: thanks. <laughs>
0: All right so there you go. I gotta tell you I am so inspired by Fleur's courage and her passion and it makes me wonder what's making you passionate about your life and the world right now. Even if you don't have an answer feel into it and maybe maybe notice that more than any single thing it might just be a feeling like that feeling that shows up in the presence of someone special or When you're engaged in something that nourishes your mind, body, and soul, you know, staying present to the question is going to give you access to the deeper experience. And of course, we are grateful to Fleur for sharing herself so openly, and we encourage you to check out her lovely shop. She's got a shop and she sells online and she's also in person, and we'll give you links to that in the show notes. We also encourage you to keep living in the questions that life is bringing you every day. So we've got another lovely conversation to share with you in the weeks ahead, and we've decided to record some convos together to share with you. So Marie and I originally started all of this with a really deep desire to know each other and to learn ourselves in the process And because we just love talking about stuff we love. So we're going to sit down together and talk about some of the things that are on our minds and in our hearts in hopes that they might connect us deeper to each other and to ourselves and to you, of course. So stay tuned for those episodes. And you know what? Why not not subscribe so that you'll be notified as soon as they come out of the oven? Oh, and for any of you who are yoga teachers, it's Ayurveda for yoga teachers time again. Yes, I'm going to be kicking off a 10-week course slash sangha it's going to be online to dive into the principles and the practices of ayurveda that are going to evolve your practice and your teaching of yoga and i want to give you some tools to empower your students to own their yoga on the mat and off and so if you've started to wonder how much the poses really matter you're ready to dive into ayurveda and so i invite you to join me for this beautiful learning and self-care sangha which starts in april And so you can check out the link in the show notes for details for all of that. Or you can just go to my website, which is blissbodyandsoul.com for more information. And with that, I'll leave you with one final question. What are you saying yes to? Don't think, just feel. And while you're at it, take care of yourself. Until next time, namaste.